Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and that sometimes messy thing we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu, M-I-I-L-U.com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back for another Boca Podcast episode. Uh, I am particularly energized because I've got a beautiful weather outside. The sun is shining in, and uh, we're actually up for a really great conversation today with a brand new guest, Henry Chen. Henry, thank you so much for making time for the Boca Podcast. Hey, Nathan, thank you so much. It's actually my first uh, time being a guest, so I'm really excited, honored to be on your show. Appreciate it. Well, you mentioned that earlier, and it's interesting to me because I, I know that you're, and we'll talk a little bit more about this, I'm sure, as we get into conversation, but you're pretty heavily involved in a, in a wide range of ventures, shall we say, particularly when it comes to content creation. Um, so I'll, I'll even consider it a privilege to have you on as a first-time guest, <laughs> and, I, and I think that we're going to have some interesting conversation. For those of you listening in, you may have already seen this in the title, but we're going to actually talk about using chatbots for marketing, which is a brand new topic for us as well. Kind of do an introduction to it, if you will. And uh, we're going to get to that in just a little bit. But the first thing that we normally start our, off the Boca podcast episodes with has to do with brand position. And I, I am a little bit strict when I send, I'm kind of breaking the fourth wall here, but when I send our, our guests the outline for the conversation that we're going to have, I, I put in bold that this is supposed to be a 15 second answer <laughs> when we talk <laughs> about, that, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so the question is, what is your photography business's brand position? And, and for everybody listening in, if, if you don't know what a brand position is or what that means, because uh, this is not talked about very much in the industry, it's very simply the unique value proposition, the UVP, if you will, that your photography business offers to your market. So Henry, what would that be for your photography business? Yeah, Nathan. So for me, I specialize in capturing multicultural faith and ethnic weddings, uh, specifically to help my couples have a stress-free wedding day while telling a personal and timeless story of their day. So uh, I had to make sure to keep it under 15 seconds. <laughs> that, that's pretty much it. And uh, try to stick to that market here in Southern California. Okay. So run that by me one more time. You started off with the multicultural uh, element. And then what was the second part? Ah, yeah. So multicultural, multi-faith, okay. uh, or multi-religious, and also uh, multi-ethnic. So, of course, I, every wedding is beautiful, different, unique. But if there was a brand uh, position, sort of so-called my sort of unique style, that would be what I specialize in. That's cool. And, and I, I like this. First of all, I love the brevity of it. So kudos to you for that. I like the specificity of that. And, you know, what one of the things that Henry has done really wonderfully here is be very clear in that brand position statement for everybody listening in. He's really clear in his brand position statement, what his target or who his target market is. And so for a potential client that lands on a site, assuming that 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 brand position statement is there at the top of the page, clear for everybody to see immediately, then they know exactly whether or not they are a potential fit for Henry's brand. And I think you know, there's some apprehension that photographers might have, and, and Henry, you might be able to speak to this, 
when mm-hmm. they tend when they narrow the field of potential clients by saying I only work with um, or in most cases I work with this particular segment of the market. Is there any apprehension in that in that way on your part, or what's your experience been with that? Yeah, Nathan, uh, quite a bit actually. I've been doing this for almost thirteen years, and for the better part of that, I would take on so-called any couple. And of course, um, I'm always very grateful and honored for any couple to consider me, let alone hire me. But I realized over the years that there's pros and cons of that. And actually, the more specific I can be, which has been a challenge because uh, being in Southern California, it's quite a melting pot. And so being very specific has not only uh, helped me get those so-called more ideal preferred clients, but even the ones that may not quite, and I don't want to say fit that statement, but even then they, they'll find other things about what I could provide that they're very interested in, especially after reading reviews and all. And sort of part of that position would be providing a stress-free wedding day where truly photography is the last thing they have to worry about. Uh, I know I sound like a little broken record there because I always say that quite a bit, but that's truly what I try to, uh, provide to my couples, um, if I get to work with them. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say kudos to you again, because I'm, I'm actually on the homepage of your website and for everybody listening in, and let me make sure I'm pronouncing this correctly, Henry. It's, is it avidasweddings.com? You got it right there. Um, that's means like endless, timeless in Latin, but that's right, Nathan. Okay, perfect. So when I get to the homepage of your site, first of all, you're highlighting the imagery that your company or your brand has produced, but we scroll down just a little bit. And we see that very simple statement, Southern California wedding photographer specializing in multicultural faith and ethnic weddings. And um, so you're pretty clear up front, hey, this is, these are the people that I specialize in working with. And again, I think that type of clarity and that type of brevity as well is a great example for all of our listeners. And I I really appreciate you sharing that with us, kind of starting off the conversation strong here. Uh, But let me keep going. Another 15 second answer, if you don't mind, but from all that you've learned as a business owner so far... Uh, what piece of advice comes to mind that you would want to share? Like if you were in a writing in an elevator mm-hmm. with somebody, you never met them before and you're like, I need to share a piece of advice, something I've learned as a business owner, what would that thing be? Oh, great question there, Nathan. And it's actually right there when you said business owner, that is to actually treat your business as that. And it's great that we are all as photographers or just uh, you know business owners, we're passionate about what we do. And it's either going to be a certain point, you either have to decide, is this more of a hobby? And it's fun and games where if you get some leads and bookings, that's wonderful, but it's not something that you so-called have to do. But if you want your business to be successful, then that means having goals, planning ahead, understanding uh, all aspects of running a successful business. So once you make that switch over, that's when I feel your business will be not only more successful, uh, in the near future, but also in the long run. That's just something that I did immediately after even the thought of wedding photography came into my mind just a few weeks, months afterwards. It was getting a professional website and trying to write down some goals, even numbers of leads and bookings, just to have a sense of what I'm working towards. So I would say as a business owner, just truly treat it as that. And I think from there, uh, the success will come. Okay. So this is really interesting. And we could probably spend a whole podcast episode or even a couple of them just on this very, the points that you just made. But when you spoke about the significance of being a business owner, treating or engaging with your business as an owner, and, and I might just kind of interject here that in contrast with that kind of being run by your business, right? We can either run our business or we can be run by our business. And I think a lot of photographers, and I've certainly been guilty of it, have a tendency of being run by their business. And they're kind of in this reactive mode. But the significance of what you pointed out 
is this idea of planning. I mean, I, I think it all centers around, uh, well, planning ahead, but even before that, you, you said having a sense of what it is you want or what you want to accomplish. And we, we talk about this. This is a theme actually here on the Boca podcast that the importance of what I call a big picture view, kind of this overarching set of goals that drives what it is that we're doing as business owners, actually our personal lives first, which should then trickle down to our business. And so being clear about what it is you're actually trying to achieve with this business, number one, so, so important. That enables you then to set very specific goals huge. Um, and I know that there's some argument about not setting goals. Uh, and I, I have kind of mixed feelings about that idea. But I think as business owners, and what I tend to see in the photography industry is a lack of direction, a lack of clarity. So even just having a few very specific goals gives direction to how we spend our time. And I think that's really important. That enables us then to do something else that you mentioned, which is to actually plan ahead. Again, not being in reactive mode, but proactively planning ahead. Um, and then you mentioned a website, of course, that's significant as well. These days, yes, it's surprisingly like easy to throw together a website, you know, in just a few hours, even if you have all the content there, uh, thanks to tools like show it or Squarespace or otherwise. But this is really interesting. Would you say that there are any other components of quote, being a business owner that you have found are really important? Yeah, definitely, Nathan. And maybe that's just for me being a a so-called former engineer, that was my background in, but know your numbers. Uh, so going back to, as you said, with goals and plans, it's not just to say, be a better photographer or have a nicer website, but exactly what does that mean? Maybe it's quantifying or definitely quantifying things as much as possible. I understand that, especially when we're starting out, we may not know what those numbers could be. And that's where we either having a coach, a mentor, even colleagues that you can bounce off some ideas or what your goals are so critical, especially uh, as we are turning the new year, to have those numbers and see how you're doing, uh, even for your website, to not just put together a beautiful site, but how many visitors did you get after a month or two later? And leads, how did you do compared to the previous December or January? So knowing where you came from and where you are right now, I think will give you a better sense of what you need to do next. Yeah, and where you're going next. That's really mm -hmm. good. Okay, so quantification. And I'll be, again, the first to admit that this was not a strength of mine. It has been an ongoing learning curve, if you will. Not only, first of all, understanding the significance of it, uh, because it's very easy to start a business, to be excited about you know, taking pictures and having a quote business or being a quote professional photographer and making a little bit of cash from it. It's another thing too, as you put actually own a business. And I think at the root of being a great business owner is quantification. I've realized that I've learned that the hard way at times, but are there particular tools for the sole proprietor that you think are important when it comes to quantification of income uh, and expenses for that matter? And then also quantification of website traffic as you were alluding to. Yeah. So definitely Nathan, I think for for a lot of us as photographers, we use a lot of tools just in our in our actual taking photos with, of course, lenses and cameras. So when it comes to it's more of a software tool, apps, we want to make sure we don't overcomplicate things. So when it comes yes. to even just website traffic, yeah. <laughs> Google Analytics or perhaps your your uh, CMS like Squarespace has their uh, analytics back. And so just looking at the basic numbers, uh, that that's already a great start using free tools like Google Sheets, just tracking numbers in a spreadsheet that goes a long way. I use Excel and Google Sheets for the better part of the past 13 years. And I still do every single day. I have my basic spreadsheets open. So just getting something down as simple as basic will get you far. And as far as like productivity and just being efficient, uh, whether it's just notes, Evernote, uh, those apps, 
just writing things down. There's a saying that what gets scheduled gets done. So I've always uh, believed in that very much and try to or really just every morning check what I need to do and uh, make sure that I get those things done every day. Well, it goes back to that idea of planning ahead, right? And, and that really can make a, a big impact on the way that we're able to run our business. But you mentioned spreadsheets, and I'll yet again be the first to admit that I am not a, I should say I'm not great at spreadsheets, which is probably why I'm not a huge fan of them. I know that they are extremely powerful. I've seen them at, at work. Uh, so I don't want to minimize that. But I also know that we have tools. I mean, you talk about overcomplicating things. I think a lot of people will look at a spreadsheet and they're like, I have no idea what I'm doing here. Whereas tools like QuickBooks Online, are just kind of, I mean, they've, they've developed, they've come, QuickBooks has come so far from when I first started using it like 15, 18 years ago. Um, it's such a easy tool to use. It's plug and play, push a couple buttons, put the numbers in, you got data. Is there a reason that you use spreadsheets versus a tool like that? Uh, yeah. So Nathan, I would say is probably sometimes old habits die hard. Uh, <laughs> I have my spreadsheet from quite many years, but as far as uh, sort of finances, keeping track of my expenses and profits, especially uh, for tax season in a couple months, yeah. I, I have something called Banktivity, which is kind of like a simplified QuickBooks over on the Mac side, okay. which generates like uh, categories of expenses for my CP and all. But also uh, spreadsheets, especially with Google Sheets. Uh, I love Google Drive because it's versus free. It's universal. You can use it on multi-platforms. And so it's just starting out really simple. And my spreadsheets, I'm totally with you. Don't want to have complicated ones. It's more so of just seeing everything as clear and and simple as possible. And I think that's probably the biggest thing more than anything than even the tools and what all the features are. It's just for you to be able to open a software, an app, and just check the numbers periodically, consistently. Yep. Just doing that is probably half the battle already, I would say. 100%. But what we all have to keep in mind, because again, this idea can be overwhelming, especially for somebody who's not used to, or it's not a habit in their lives and their businesses, getting into the numbers, plugging the numbers in, looking at the data. If you just are willing to spend, I'm going to throw out there 10 or 15 minutes a day. We're not talking about a ton amount, a ton of time, just awareness. And then of course that awareness enables you to be more intelligent uh, in your actions with regards to your business. And you're now not just kind of guessing at what to do next. You're looking at the data and Google analytics, as you pointed out, you're looking at the data and the spreadsheets or in the financial software, financial management software that you're using making intelligent decisions for the sake of your business enables you to um, move certainly much more proactively and, and ultimately have uh, better results as a business. So this is a great reminder, and I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. Let's talk about time, though. And, and actually, speaking of time, how long have you been in business as a photographer thus far? Oh, yeah, it's been uh, almost about 12, 12 and a half years, starting in April of 2007. So well before Facebook, fan pages, and yeah. Instagram, all those fun things and all the amazing software and tools available. But yeah, over 12 years now. Yeah. So you've seen a lot of change as, as have I, because I started shooting in 2001, I guess was my first wedding. I wow. started on film, then went to digital. And But yeah, to your point, we were around before Facebook was a thing. So back then it was it was these online <laughs> forums, right? We would we were part of yeah. a, actually a forum that turned into a really big forum, but we would jump into these forums and create topics and go back and forth. That was the way that we engaged, kind of like a Facebook group now. Exactly. But it is fun Did to see a how... wedding forum. Does that ring a bell? And maybe yeah, like ab- absolutely. They might still be around, right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, those those are the places, some of the places to be back in the day. Yeah, that's funny. But, but within that time, so we're talking 12 years, I'm sure that there have been times when uh, you have spent more time, maybe 
a little bit less time, depending on what's going on in your personal life, in your business. Ultimately, how are you able to kind of stay on top of things as a business owner, being that business owner you were talking about, while simultaneously making time and space for yourself, for the important people in your life? Um, is, is there a particular technique or trick or idea, principle that you've applied that's enabled you to do that? Ooh, great question, Nathan. I think we briefly talked about this at Show It United, where I was in awe of everything you put together with uh, Core Photographers Edit, and you have your new app, Milu. And so I, I was just amazed at how you're managing time. So this is something that I, I might ask you on uh, my show in the near future. Yeah. But I would say it's it's definitely not something I will probably ever perfect, not even close. Even just yesterday, I I just in, uh, excuse me interviewed and hired a virtual assistant team because uh, just the lack of time. But I think the main thing I learned over all these years is is maybe something not a lot of us want to hear. You really have to say no, not maybe or when I have time, if I have time. It's just a mindset that I'm not going to do. And I would even say 80% of things that you want to do. So even in our business, I know we got to update our Instagram. We got to work on our website. We got to go out and network. The list goes on and on. So you actually... Uh, my advice would be what I did. I wrote down everything that I would have to do in not just my wedding photography business, but even on the educational side and now like with chatbots marketing. And I looked at that list and there's just literally no way I would be able to do all of those things uh, in a given day or week. And I just started crossing things out and it wasn't easy at all. But after looking at the the more refined list, then I went to my schedule, my calendar, my to-dos and put down maybe no more than three things that I would get done every day. And I would plan yeah. out for the next two weeks and at times even the next month. And it's just saying no, it's just saying no to as many things as possible, which, uh, which I hate to say it, but I do recommend for a lot of us that are feeling overwhelmed, make sure that we're not doing busy work just for the sake of it, but one that actually would give us the results that we're looking for. But wouldn't you say that what enables you to do that is going back to the first point in our conversation, being aware of what it is that you're actually trying to achieve or knowing what it is that you want? Because it would be easy with all the millions of options out there that we could explore as photographers, as business owners, the possibilities are endless and it's so easy to get distracted in that realm. But if we're clear up front about just away from Instagram, away from Facebook, away from all this stuff, we just sit down with a notebook or maybe a, a, you know, a note app on our phone, and we're just simply establishing very clearly for ourselves, not for anybody else, what it is we're trying to achieve that enables us to then filter out in the way that you're describing? Definitely, definitely. And you know, not everything has to be forever. For example, when you say, and something that we should all do, of course, has to have a presence on online, on social media, Instagram, sure. and so forth. But maybe it's not every hour. Uh, it's, is every four or five hours, but when you're going to go on there, you have a purpose and intent. And then sure, perhaps later on in the evening, you're watching TV or Netflix, maybe you're walking the dog and you can splurge a little bit. You can socialize, you can send some DMs, more, more of that. But other parts of the day, you stick to that game plan and always going back to what is that specific goal that you're working towards. And if it's not meeting that, then either cross it out or put it on the back burner for another time. And I feel like for maybe for a lot of, especially when I connect with new photographers, new wedding photographers, it's the feeling of being overwhelmed yep. and we end up uh, really either not doing anything or doing things in the wrong order or certainly not doing things effectively. So just simplifying things as much as possible uh, is one of the key things that I would recommend for sure. 
Wonderful. Wonderful. Talk to me about an impactful book, maybe a podcast mm. or an audio book that has made a really big difference in your life in the last few years. Oh man, Nathan, you're going to, uh, <laughs> I'm a little embarrassed to say this. I, being that I do have my own podcast, uh, the ones that I listen to are more of a guilty pleasures. I'm a big, I guess, a uh, basketball fan. So a lot of ESPN and, cool. uh, that kind of, um, uh, as far as, uh, one for business and, and even podcasting and all, uh, Pat Flynn is a huge role model of mine, smart passive income. And I've been listening to him for a couple of years. Uh, he's a great, great guy. I never met him in person, but I learned about not only podcasting, but helping others, uh, providing value first. And I have a couple other ones. Cliff Ravenscraft, he's also one that I've been listening to about four or five years. But yeah, not too many. These days, I've actually been a lot on um, YouTube and just kind of seeing what comes up on my feed and listening to that in the back end more so than watching. But I do have audiobooks. There's probably about a dozen on on my account, but I'm sure I um, wanted to ask you about this. When you're busy, uh, of course, interviewing or working on things, it's a little bit tricky to listen in the background, pay full attention to it, right? But you just try to squeeze in a few minutes here and there. Yeah, I, I like audiobooks for the car potentially. I mean, that's when I've that's when I've utilized them in the past. I I'm not really great at listening to them at the gym because uh, well, the workouts that I'm doing currently they're so intense yeah. that I I kind of have to focus a little bit more on that. I don't feel like I can actually learn something or you know take notes or otherwise. Uh, mm-hmm. So the car seems to be best for me. But for me personally, it's I, I can tend to be a bit all or nothing. So the compromise that I've reached is occasionally just reading a chapter or spending about maybe 10 minutes or so, even just five minutes going through whatever book or books that I'm currently reading. And I can do that literally after I finish my workout um, at the gym that I use to have a massage chair and I'll sit in that massage chair and, and I can just go through the book while I'm getting a massage. I mean, it's kind of best of both worlds, but that allows me to actually read it. I can highlight it or take notes or whatever it is I want to do with that information. And then it's also not taking up a lot of my time. That's a great advice. I think that's something I know when I'm trying to do a workout is to stay focused on the workout as well as pay attention. And I have a two-year-old, so half the time she's screaming in one ear. And, uh, <laughs> I guess if I could give a tip is to get those AirPods or some kind of Bluetooth wireless. Yeah. Uh, one is always in my ear pretty much pretty much at all times, which I know annoys my wife a little bit. It's like, are you listening to something in there? Are you listening to the latest? So it's like, no, I'm not. And uh, But half the time, <laughs> uh, I do try to get a little bit of learning on that way as well. Yeah. Uh, speaking of AirPods, and this is totally random, but uh, have you? Do you have the new AirPods Pro? <laughs> I don't. Do you? And uh, if so, how are they? They're absolutely amazing. I do have them. I use AirPods enough, particularly when I'm at the gym, but then also in phone calls. I, I don't like to hold a phone up to my head. I like to put the AirPods in and then be able to walk around freely, type notes if I have to. And they are a dream. I, I have not been this excited about an Apple product since, aside from the iPhone 11 Pro, which also I've been just totally stoked about. Oh, yeah. But in some time, and for you know, 250 bucks, what you get, in fact, I, I've had for the longest time a pair of Bose earbuds that are noise-canceling that I travel with and use in the plane. And they do just a beautiful job of canceling out that background noise in a plane, for example, or at a coffee shop or otherwise. But these do just as well. And they're wireless and they, I can stick them in my pocket and, you know, the form factor is really small. I just, and of course they're also water resistant or even waterproof to a point. I'm truly impressed with them. So I cannot recommend them highly enough. Oh my goodness. Well, my wife got me the version, uh, first version, and I carry those as I carry my phone, but yeah. as, uh, 
your feedback right now. I may have to uh, look into that, especially um, around the holidays now. Uh, maybe I'll give her my version one and get version <laughs> Don't tell her that as well. But, it's, it's top secret, top secret. Speaking of actually um, a fun or maybe unusual items uh, that we enjoy or use or like, uh, a fun question that we ask here at the podcast has to do with maybe an unusual item in your camera bag that enables you to be a better photographer or a better business owner. Do you have anything like that? Yeah, I do. I, I took some notes about this. Um, and uh, I, I don't know if your audience will, will like this answer. It's a pretty basic one. It's nothing to do with gear, equipment, electronics. It's my simple wedding day photography cheat sheet. It's just a bunch of papers that has the names of family members, wedding party, uh-huh. some notes specific for photography, any sensitive matters. So it's more than an itinerary that I would get from a coordinator. And I, I've been using this uh, cheat sheet actually comes from a Google form sent out to my couples about three months before the wedding. I always believe in that saying, if you fail to plan, then you plan to fail. So that's actually one of the, the things that going back to that, that brand position is to provide that stress-free wedding day. And a lot of my couples appreciate that being a little type A personality that I keep track of these things. So uh, I have a copy uh, printed out, even a couple for my second shooter and assistant. So I always believe it's nice to have a physical copy. I can write things down, refer it, and uh, versus, excuse me, um, maybe looking on my phone. So I would recommend something like that if we feel a bit overwhelmed on the day of we're uh, losing track of important things, uh, people's names to have some kind of a paper cheat sheet that you can refer to. Yeah, that's actually a great idea. And, and it is all about people in the end. And it's amazing how if you just pay a little bit of attention to them, engage with them on a very personal level, the impact that you can have. I mean, I, I know I've mentioned this in the podcast a number of times, but it, it wasn't our photography that, that drew these comments. It was the way that we engaged with the people at the events that brought commentary, you know, midway through the day or partway through the day at some point where they haven't seen pictures and there were comments like, you guys are just the best photographers in the world. You're, you're incredible. You're awesome. It had nothing to do with the photography. It had everything to do with the way that we were engaging with them. And, and so even something maybe as seemingly obvious as keeping a list of the key names for people there involved in the wedding day and being aware of them, maybe having them memorized, being able to reference them and then call somebody by name. It's amazing what that little action can do when it comes to creating a positive experience for our clients. Yeah. And if I may sidestep a little bit, Nathan, with your app, Milu, if I can ask you about that. Actually, one of the things I was so excited about when when I found out about that, when you shared that with me at United, like this would be perfect for um, something like this. Because there have been times where I would I would forget my piece of paper somewhere. I've even dropped it and somebody thankfully found it. But having all that information plus so much more on, on your phone and being able to share that with, the, of course, the couple and other vendors is so important. And so that's another reason why I love and looking more into using uh, your app. But well, and, and I appreciate the shout out. And by the way, for everybody listening in, that was not planned in any way. So it's very <laughs> generous of you, Henry. And, and for anybody who doesn't have context, Milu is an app that we've just launched that enables photographers and coordinators to very easily manage timelines and shot lists for their events. And I know that as a photographer, I shot weddings for over 10 years. And as a photographer, I did something similar to what you're describing, Henry. I had that piece of paper, maybe would print it off. And then, you know, as, as phones became a little bit more mainstream or smartphones did, could somehow sync it to my phone. But I also like what you were pointing out is, you know, there's the idea of pulling our phone out of our pockets these days can have a lot of negative connotations. And, and mm-hmm. at the very simplest level, just the, the notion that we're not paying attention to whatever's not going on in front of us. And 
that that could be problematic. Again, if we're trying to give these clients the best possible experience and they see us on our phone constantly, that may create a poor impression. One of the things we've actually done with Milu is create a watch app as well that enables you to sync the information to your watch. So the cool thing is if you're taking photos, you have a shot list, for example, and you want to reference that shot list, you don't have to pull that out the, the phone out of your pocket or a piece of paper out. You can literally just flip your wrist over, look at the, the next shot on the list, and then go back to taking a photo. Or you can do the same thing with a timeline. And so again, I love that you highlight how pulling out our phones, not necessarily the best thing. The watch app with Milu is going to enable you to be able to, to avoid doing that, which I think is pretty cool. Awesome, Nathan. And hey, in the next few weeks, uh, I'll be asking you a few more questions about that. But I appreciate that. Well, you know what? I, I want to kind of redirect the focus to you, though, here, because um, you, you brought an interesting topic to bear for the podcast episode today, and that is using chatbots for the purpose of marketing. And, and frankly, I don't have a lot of context to this. I mean, I, you know, chatbots as a tool uh, or as an assistant to customer support is a concept I'm more familiar with, but this is just not something I'm not, I'm very familiar with. So why do you think that this is not yet a common point of conversation in our industry at the moment? Ooh, well, I, uh, I did take some sort of notes for myself to be, be concise and brief to respect our audience's time because there's so much to get into. I think probably the biggest or some of the biggest things would be the notion of that word chatbot. Uh, it sounds kind of well, robotic, a bit impersonal, very impersonal, maybe even spammy, salesy. Yeah. And the, the thing of chatbots, it's been around for a long time. We've seen the little chat bubble pop up on so many websites. You can even talk to a human being, which is, you know, it's not impersonal, but as far as in our, let's say photography or specifically wedding photography industry, there's certainly a lot of ways to market our business, social media, wedding shows, right? Advertising, Facebook ads and directories on and on. So this is something that is relatively new as far as specifically messenger chatbot messenger as in facebook messenger it's really about the platform that or now platforms that chatbots are available on that is really really exciting and even in that sense it's very new in the marketing industry just in the past i would say two years or so just imagine instagram whenever it came out, i think 2012 but it maybe wasn't until maybe 2015 16 when many more of us as photographers and wedding professionals got on board. So I would say perhaps in the next year or two, there'll be even more interest in chat marketing for us as photographers. Yeah, that's really interesting perspective though. And, and just to hear it kind of frame that way, you were talking about how Instagram came out in 2012. It wasn't really until four or five years later or three or four year, years later that photographers are actually using it as a marketing platform. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk, which I'm sure you're familiar with, he talks mm -hmm. about this, this idea quite a bit that that people are slow to adopt and take advantage of these platforms when they're fresh when they when they're not as kind of convoluted and full of just tons and tons of ads and traffic and noise where you can still actually leverage the platform in a really proactive way for the sake of your business uh, he's pointing to tiktok right now as one of those next platforms that we should be leveraging before everybody gets on it but it's it's just a great reminder, and I'm glad you bring it up. It's a great reminder for all of us. I know that we can't jump to every single platform that pops up uh, because mm -hmm. we don't know where they're going, but at least be aware, number one, and then two, take advantage as quickly as you possibly can, especially if you can do it efficiently. But um, you mentioned the, the significance of 
this this idea and, and I know what you mean when we say chatbot it does kind of innately sound impersonal mm-hmm. is there and maybe maybe you'll get into this in a little bit but is there a way that we can avoid that uh, that assumption that stereotype about chatbots yeah definitely Nathan and the interesting thing that I've noticed this past year I mean just a year ago uh, I've heard of messenger messenger chatbots but it wasn't until the beginning of this year 2019 that I started to look into and actually implement it. But what I found in the past uh, almost 12 months is that a lot of uh, potential clients, and for us, of course, uh, and especially for me as a wedding photographer, would be brides and grooms uh, engaged couples, is they actually prefer to interact with a so-called virtual assistant or a chatbot versus actually talking to me. It's very much uh, a fascinating thing. Of course, uh, it's actually illegal to pretend that your chatbot is a human being. You're not allowed to do that. You want to make that very clear. And when my chatbot sends a a message, uh, options to the subscriber, if you will, the potential client, they're more willing to engage versus if I manually stepped into Messenger and typed out, hey, bride or groom, how could I be a help to you? Would you be interested in a consultation? I will get no response back. So my original miss, maybe even a misconception that chatbots are impersonal as a bad thing could actually be a great thing. And I've seen some stats of various marketers that share these statistics that in the next year, in the next few years, some drastic amount of people are going to be not only interacting with chatbots, but maybe even prefer that over talking to a human being, at least initially, if they never heard of your business before. So that's just something to uh, keep in mind as well. Well, I, I'm, as you're talking, I'm, I, I mentioned the homepage of your website earlier. And again, for everybody listening in, avidasweddings.com, I noticed that you've got the the messenger icon mm-hmm. there on the homepage of your screen. And I click on it. It's very interesting, actually. I'm, you know, I've, I've yeah. again, I've, I've seen chatbots as it relates to support for various companies. We've even used them a little bit at Photographer's Edit. But the way that you have created some of these messages, they, they come across as kind of fun and playful. And in that sense, a little bit more personal than just this kind of bland, again, robotic sounding or seeming text that's overly professional or stiff. Um, you've got, you're using emojis. Hi, Nathan. This is Avita's wedding virtual assistant here in Messenger. We're excited <laughs> to receive your inquiry via our wedding photography website. And then you ask just to reconfirm, are you a bride or a groom that just got engaged? Please tap one of the buttons below. So it, it's, again, it's fun. It's lighthearted. And most people are used to engaging in this type of conversation in text or in messenger anyway. And all they, and it's very, very simple. All they have to do is press a little button and now they're going to potentially get more information. So I'm just going to press this little button. I'm going to give a play by play here for everybody. That's <laughs> yeah. Listening you know, it just showed up here, Nathan Horitz. Just uh, subscribe to my my Avita's Weddings chatbot, so everything is in real time. And as you said, or as you pointed out, Nathan, you found my chatbot through my website. So some people might be thinking, well, that means they already know of you, which is totally true. In this case, that's the case. And you can have your message be a little more direct, providing pricing packages. But if somebody has never heard of you, and there's many different ways that you could get people into your chatbot, which uh, we can talk about if there's, uh, if there's time for that. But yeah, you can go through that. I'm actually stalking you, Nathan, on my end with my <laughs> iPhone. And there's an option where it says uh, you can just click on a few things and go from there. So, Well, yeah. I mean, and this is really fascinating, actually. Again, for everybody listening, and we'll link to Henry's website in the show notes. Uh, please don't bombard Henry with a bunch of fake inquiries. But uh, it's it's no interesting worries. nonetheless to, to see how this works. So I, 
the next thing that pops up, you said really quick, how did you hear about Avita's weddings? And then you give some options. I gave an answer, just made one up in this case, Instagram. And then it says, thank you, Nathan. That was super helpful to know. Now let's get to the info that you're looking for. And little thumbs up emoji, again, makes it kind of fun and personal. In order for us to best help you, please let us know where you are in your wedding planning. Uh, no date venue, no photographer, none of the above. And and of course, I'm sure that the process um, continues on, but I already feel as though this interaction is personal and it's easy to forget that I'm not actually talking to an individual the way that you formatted this. I'm assuming that you're able to kind of customize what these, what each of these messages say. Oh my goodness, absolutely, 100%. The sky's, as they say, the limit. Uh, you can have a welcome message that's specific for somebody that comes in through, let's say the bio link from your Instagram, or maybe if you're a wedding photographer or just any wedding professional at a conference or excuse me, a wedding show, you can have one specific for that. Uh, you can virtually make unlimited number of uh, these custom messages based off of where they come from or where they came from, the subscriber that is. Uh, I'm, I'm already impressed. And I know we're kind of jumping ahead uh, of our notes from the questions that I'd sent to you, but this is really, really cool stuff. Okay. So tell me first, what was your introduction to chatbots? Because I know you said it was kind of recent. Um, what was yeah. your first exposure to the idea? Well, the very, very first time I'll make this very brief is probably about two, two and a half years ago. I don't remember exactly where, maybe it was just on Messenger and I saw perhaps it was a company, I don't know, Starbucks or so, like, what is this send to message option? I don't know what that meant. Maybe it was a text message, but that was pretty much it. Uh, I brushed it off. But a year ago, there's been some changes in my my life. I try to get back to a, a conventional job, see how that goes. But what happened was a year ago, I'm sure we all get this, companies, advertisers, telemarketers calling us. But somebody called me and uh, like, hey, you know, would you be interested in working together for Facebook ads? And personally, for me, I've never learned Facebook ads that well, didn't really know how to use it. So I thought, hey, I have some additional income coming in. Let's let's try Facebook ads for my Vita's Weddings business. And so I do have to give a huge shout out to, to those guys if they ever listen to this, but they, they're the ones that mentioned, well, Henry, you got some organic traffic to your website already. Why don't we install a chatbot on your website to take advantage of this free traffic that you're already getting? Let's not just go right into Facebook ads and spend the money. And I thought, well, Whatever that means, uh, sure, okay. The the main leading software for doing all the chatbot stuff is called ManyChat. And I didn't even know what that was. I thought that was like a program language or something else. But that's to show how little I knew last December. And so that's when the idea of chatbot specifically for my wedding photography business came about. And then this past January and just being an engineer at heart and loving all the technical stuff, I looked into many chats. Uh, the company was going to build a chatbot for me, but I wanted to build one for myself or just sort of have my own version. And so I built uh, one from scratch and been trying to improve that ever since then. So that was the history of how I got into all this not too long ago. Well, I have to say, I'm, I'm just, I'm beyond stoked already. This is really fascinating. I, I just wouldn't have assumed that it would be, or again, feel so personal. And, and the interaction, you know, again, I, I realize you're able to customize 
the language. So this also speaks to your ability to communicate the, the way that you wrote those messages. It feels personal. It's fun. It's lighthearted. And it seems like the, the possibilities here are kind of endless. And I'm really stoked about potentially <laughs> incorporating and getting your help incorporating this. And in, in, I will um, be more than honored and love to Nathan. Yeah. And uh, that's one of the benefits is for us as either. And we don't have to be wedding photographers if we are awesome. This works for so many businesses, small, large businesses, educators, service product providers, uh, any you know, any and everyone. And that's the the crazy, but realistic uh, future, possibly potential future is that it's could potentially be something that we also call need to have in in the next year or two. Imagine as if a potential bride or groom uh, client of ours comes to us and say, hey, what's your website? And we don't have one. Or let's go look you up on Instagram. And we don't have an account. And how crazy that sounds, it could very well get to that point with chatbots as well. But but yeah, definitely it's very personal and you can customize so much to tailor exactly who your uh, subscriber is and what they're looking for. That's really cool. Okay, well, so let's talk, and this is, I'm a really huge fan of, of philosophy mindset before we talk about tools, because it's easy to to share tools. Even this even this tool here, ManyChat, I jumped to their website and it looks quite interesting already to me. But and, and you've are obviously a great example of actually implementing in your business. But I think it's really important before we jump into tools, because we can all geek out on tools and not have again, as we were talking about earlier, a clear idea of what it is we're trying to accomplish. So what is the the underlying philosophy or maybe philosophies that are driving your use of chatbots uh, or a chatbot for your business? Oh, great question. I love that, Nathan. So I always start off with sort of two sides to that. How would it benefit me as a business owner, as a wedding photographer, as a you know husband and recently a father and all? And also how would it benefit my potential clients on the other side? So at least for me, it's really the biggest challenge that we face as photographers, uh, of course, wedding photographers and all. And if you ask a hundred wedding photographers, I imagine 90 plus would say, what is the biggest challenge you face? It's not getting enough leads or not getting enough consistent leads or the ideal clientele. And so not to say that this is like the the secret formula for this, but the idea of having a system in place, not just a tool, but a chat marketing system. And one of the benefits is you're actually going to be able to be so-called everywhere, omni uh, multi-channel marketing, but giving you peace of mind that you don't have to worry about getting leads ever again. It's a huge, bold statement. Uh, that is what I'm aiming this to to have and, and to help others with, especially when you use this with Facebook ads, because it works seamlessly with that, is to wake up in the morning knowing, not only hoping and crossing your fingers, but even expecting that you're going to get two or three subscribers into your chatbot that day. And with all the benefits, uh, it's going to do its thing. So that's a huge part. And the other is, is uh, being present when you're not working on your business. So how many of us Maybe we're with our families and friends. We're hopefully not doing this while we're driving, but you know, we're checking our phone. We're kind of seeing if an email came in, a lead, an inquiry, and we're just not fully present with our surroundings, with our families and friends. But with this system in place, you can enjoy your time with others. And then when you get back to your computer or when you get a chance to look at your phone, hey, I just got a new subscriber, a bride or groom that's interested in so-and-so. So that's for us. And then for the potential client for our brides and grooms, because we might be thinking, okay, how does it benefit them? Well, they're actually able to get a customized experience that's truly unique to them and really no other subscriber if you really uh, get into details of what you can build with chatbots and all. But 
you're providing them the information when they want, how they want it, uh, you know, where they want it, Messenger, and now just a few um, months ago with email and S. They're all integrated now and doing so in a very personal, that value-based driven way, not that salesy marketing way, uh, I think is really valuable for our potential clients. So I would say ultimately that is what chat marketing could provide for for all of us. Well, and you you summed it up on your your other website because you do offer education about how to actually use chatbots for the sake of marketing on your website at weddingchatmarketing.com. We'll link to this in the show notes as well. But um, again, kudos to you for a, a pretty clear brand position here, or at least a mission statement anyway, learn how to save time, make more and generate wedding inquiries on autopilot every day using a strategy that hardly anyone else in the industry even knows about. Um, but that generate wedding inquiries on autopilot every day, I think really sums up the, the main value proposition here. Like you said, we, we have limited amount of time. There are important people in life that we need to connect. We need to spend time with, connect with, focus on. And if we feel like we have to constantly answer a text message or a messenger message or an email in order to get business, it, it can really take away from those relationships. So having a system that enables us to avoid doing that so much, I think is really, really powerful. What would you say, and, and I know we've kind of alluded to at least some of these already, but what would you say are a few specific benefits of chatbots um, in your marketing efforts specifically for your photography business? Oh, wow. Yeah. So Nathan, I would say first and foremost is saving time. Now it might not be hours and hours every day. Maybe it's just 15, 20 minutes that you don't have to get back to get back to a lead. Now that assumes we got the lead. One of the biggest challenges going back to what you said with uh, the getting leads every day is biggest benefit. One of the biggest benefits, excuse me, is that if we're not getting leads, if we're just getting started in, let's say as a wedding photographer, that's where you can utilize Facebook ads, which is awesome, wonderful, you know, works uh, for, for what we're doing, but you can combine that with messenger instead of going to a landing page, which is fine, getting a little uh, detail here, but you can send your ads over to messenger and have more of that personal, unique experience. Uh, also, your ideal clientele or your preferred clientele, maybe you you have a certain ad, maybe uh, the message that pops up on your website before they subscribe could be more specific. And then even earlier, Nathan, when you were testing out my chatbots, if you just had typed in like pricing, just one word pricing, the chatbot will send you that information or FAQ. So going back to saving time and not having to do the same thing over and over again. And for maybe some of us as portrait photographers or just where you can even send quotes, invoices, schedule appointments, and so forth, all within Messenger. Uh, and if I may touch upon one other uh, benefit here is this whole phrase that we might be hearing more often. It's called uh, omni-channel marketing or omnipresent marketing, multi-channel marketing. And it's the idea that we really need to be so-called everywhere in with our business. Now, a lot of us, I'm sure, are on Instagram. We have our Facebook fan page. Uh, maybe Google reviews, th those kind of things, which are all wonderful. But now you want to be able to automate as much of that as possible and not have to spread yourself so thin. But it takes many touch points for a potential client to that phrase of no like and trust us enough to hire us. So a chatbot is a great way, especially utilizing uh, a software like ManyChat is you don't have to build four or five different chatbots, one for so-and-so, one for Messenger, one for which is, by the way, another uh, uh, sort of a groundbreaking thing that's going to come out soon is this will also be available via Instagram uh, DM. So wow. just imagine that for us as you know using that. But 
all of that personalization, or excuse me, automation with personalization is the best way I can sum it up as a huge benefit. And, and it works with all other forms of marketing. So it's not like, okay, if I do chat marketing, I have to give up so-and-so. Absolutely not. Uh, this works seamlessly with, um, and I thought of all various ways of marketing and there really isn't any that ch chat marketing will not work with. So, yeah. Automation with personalization. I like that. And of course, innate automation is the notion of efficiency, which you alluded to. Um, and it, man, if this is really true that we can kind of be everywhere with a tool like this, mm -hmm. I, I'm, I'm even more interested. <laughs> I mean, the, there are so many platforms. It seems like we have to keep up with these days. And, you know, I, I mentioned Gary Vaynerchuk earlier and, and I love his passion for business and his drive, his work ethic, but frankly, I have no interest whatsoever in working 60, 80 hours a week the way that, that he does. It's just not my game. Uh, I'm not trying to, you know, he talks about how he wants to ultimately buy the New York Jets. I have no interest in making that kind of money. Uh, That's not my goal in life. And so if I want to create a more efficient lifestyle as a business owner, and yet still be engaged in a way that, that we need to these days on social media, because that's just how people are engaging with the world, uh, then this is a really, really powerful potential tool that we could implement. So it's very, very intriguing. Will you share maybe just on a practical level? Because mm -hmm. of course, the, the natural question here for our listeners might be, okay, well, this is really cool. It's actually quite compelling. What do I do next? How do I actually get started okay. using a chatbot? And, and what does this look like on a practical level for me as a photography business owner? So we share a few specific ways that photographers can use the chatbots to actually book clients for their business. Yeah, totally. And I almost forgot to mention one uh, benefit, which ties into your question, Nathan. So this would be from a practical standpoint, just having that little messenger bubble installed on your website as, as that example. Imagine every day we can look at our Google Analytics and we'll see who knows, maybe 100 people visit our website or even if it's 50, whatever the number might be. And maybe a certain amount of them goes over to your contact page, but then you didn't receive any contact. Wait, today 10 people visited my contact page, but I didn't get any any leads and nobody filled that out. Well, maybe they're not quite ready yet. Maybe your contact page was too lengthy. They were in line at Starbucks and got distracted. <laughs> they never come back to your website. Yeah. Uh, there's another alarming stat, like something crazy. 80, 90% of people that visit your website never come back to it. Like they're not going to bookmark it. They're not going to remember it unless, you know, you do some Facebook retargeting, which by the way, works perfectly with Messenger. But uh, so that example, you have that chatbot install. You can use many chats. Um, there are a few other options, but I highly, highly recommend chat is by far the the leading chatbot creator provider um, in the industry but you get started a basic chatbot just installing that on your website little javascript code it works with all website platforms it's it's you name it it's all possible and it doesn't take that long you do need to have a facebook fan page that's how it's going to connect with many chat and facebook so if i didn't mention this or made it extra clear is that really the the one of the huge best benefit is you are actually marketing your business on platforms that your potential clients are already on. They're just casually browsing on Facebook or on Instagram. So it's great because you, you can uh, be in front of them uh, even before they might even need your services. But uh, yeah, so have that and then give it a couple of weeks. See if even if you get somebody clicking on that chat bubble, kind of like what Nathan did earlier, um, and you pick up a subscriber, you can have your chat bot, just provide them some very basic things. Uh, you do need to quote unquote program your chatbot, which 
by all means, you do not need to write a single line of code or know any computer language. It's all drag and drop. I don't want to say, uh, I, I won't say that chat marketing, chatbot building is so-called easy or quick, but at least getting started is. And you can go from there as far as doing that and then see what we get. And then you can improve on it afterwards. Okay. So installing the chatbot first step, and we'll link to many chat in the show notes as well. It's just manychat.com for anybody who's mm-hmm. curious. It seems like, well, I mean, I'm just, again, I'm on their site. I'm just kind of scrolling through here and it, it looks like it's not only clearly laid out for a potential user, but based on what I've seen on, on your website already, Henry, this is, it looks like a really, really powerful tool. You mentioned integration. It yeah. seems like Facebook Messenger is their primary focus, but you mentioned integration with other platforms. How many different platforms are they integrated with? Oh, okay. So definitely uh, Messenger, was, uh, I don't want to say it was the first one, but I'm, I'm almost positive it's like the biggest one, of course, since over you know, a billion people use Messenger, Facebook owns it, but email as well as, and this is really cool, email, but also text or SMS messaging, those platforms came out just a little over almost three months ago at the time of this recording, September 2019, when uh, ManyChat announced that your chatbot will work via email. So you can send broadcasts, you can, you can do a lot of things that you would do through Messenger, but now through email and also text, which uh, as of this recording, again, it's only available. Hmm, I don't want to give any false information, but uh, for sure, United States, of course, and a few other countries are slowly rolling out in 2020. Okay. So what this all means is you have that multi-channel marketing is you could, you can, you know, find, they'll find you on Messenger and maybe they get distracted even on Messenger. Well, you can send them email and it doesn't have to be manual. It's all automated and they can actually click certain things in an email. If you get this to go back into literally into Messenger, they can get a text message on all sorts of things and click on links. So uh, that's where the integration comes in. And then there's lots of talk already where um, in the next year or two, this will be available, excuse me, platforms with Instagram and even WhatsApp and uh, something called RCS, Rich Communication Service. I believe that's what it's called. Think of it like text messaging, but on a whole new level. Right. And that's where who knows <laughs> what else is going to be possible with our uh, with what we do. But yes, that's um, a new standard that's being rolled out, right? I think Google or, and, or the Android platform is talking about integrating that or has begun integrating it into their text messaging platform. Absolutely. Yeah, our RCS and uh that's kind of like iMessage in a way for iOS users, right. but that would be something that uh, they're going to try to roll a lot of those features into like um, these other platforms. So what all this really means is um, not to, uh, for us to get overwhelmed, but it's, it's, if you have a clear idea, just kind of start a really simple, basic. And as you said, Nathan, just go like on many chat, sign up for account free. There is like a $10 per month pro version, which you will certainly need uh, for some of the features, but very reasonably priced. And you can start building your chatbot and then um, just kind of put it out there. And the cool thing about this is that you, you don't need to build everything overnight. You don't need to have all these different features and functions. And quite frankly, I don't recommend that at all. That's one of the mistakes that I made early on was trying to do too much, but starting off simple and basic, see if you can get some subscribers and then go from there to improving your chatbot is what I would recommend. Okay. But what we're talking about specific ways that photographers can use it. So obviously they're going to install it. They're going to begin to program it based on the way that they want to use it. But can you just uh, share a a few ways? In fact, I I already alluded to this when I was on the the chatbot on your site, you're capturing information about number one, where they heard about you, which is really important. And I think 
photographers need to do that consistently so they know where to kind of focus their marketing efforts. And then then you're just getting introductory information so as to know how to engage with them, whether or not they even have a data or a venue right now, if they have a photographer, et cetera. But are there mm-hmm. other practical ways that you're using that chat bot to collect information um, and ultimately market to the client? Yes, absolutely. So even that segmentation is a huge component that you will want to have. So as an example, as wedding photographers, maybe you, you're, you're running an ad that is asking or providing them some tips and they tell you, hey, I, I don't even have a venue or day yet. Well, you will provide them information more on that. They're just slowly getting into wedding planning. But ultimately, if slash when they're ready to take that next step, you can certainly collect information. You know, it's kind of like filling out a contact form on your website, but it's all through Messenger. You can even send that over to a, a spreadsheet. And I'm sure in the near future, that'll be integrated with a lot of CRMs like Tave, HoneyBook, and so forth. But So that's one way, uh, whatever information you want to get from them, date, budget, ceremony, location, et cetera, that's all um, possible. And then the other thing would be if it's hopefully okay to share this, like, you know, other ways that you can get, get leads or get leads and hopefully book them through uh, your chatbot system is talked about on your website already, but a link in your Instagram bio. Um, if you do a wedding show, a bridal show, you can do QR codes or what's more recent called near field communication NFC. And basically what that means is a, a bride or groom comes, comes up to your booth. They can just automatically have their phone by a search and scanner and they will be subscribed into your chatbot and you can have your very unique welcome message for that event. So uh, and I mentioned Facebook ads work seamlessly. But one thing that I found more than just within the chatbot is actually just getting people to respond and communicate, uh, which I know for a lot of us could be a huge challenge is potential clients ghosting us. Um, how many of us get a lead? They sounded that they're interested, but they never respond back to us. Uh, who knows if they ever got it, went to their spam folder, they went a different direction. You know, you follow up a couple of days later and still nothing. So not to say a chatbot will prevent that from happening, but it has dramatically reduced that issue for me. And at the very least, through these platforms, you can see that they received it. And the engagement, literally uh, and figuratively speaking, far higher the open rates, the click-through rates within Messenger and these other platforms versus even conventional emails and all. But uh, yeah, I'm not sure if hopefully that <laughs> answers the question. Absolutely, but, uh, no. It, it gives it gives our listeners an idea, especially if they have no frame of reference, kind of like like I didn't. How they may begin to use this. I mean, even the idea of a QR code at a trade show booth, and and that and being able to scan that or take a picture of that and it beginning a conversation. Uh, I think that's really powerful, especially for companies like myself who. I mean, we have. I'm, I'm honestly not a huge fan of doing like a, a like a massive trade show or a booth at a massive trade show like WPPI because. You know, the, the conversations are limited. They're kind of surface level. They only go so far. Somebody gets a, a business card or an information mm-hmm. card from us. They stick it in their bag with 250 other cards and it gets lost or forgotten. But this actually begins a conversation, which I think is fascinating and can be as personal as you want it to be, enables you to continue the conversation. And that's really, really cool. So I think there's a lot of use case scenarios that our listeners could even come up with creative or creatively to be able to use a tool like this. I really appreciate you kind of giving us an introduction to this idea. And to that point, um, for our listeners, I mean, we, we, we kind of covered the basics here, but Henry actually has a business that helps others learn about how to use this platform for the sake of marketing. I mentioned it earlier, weddingchatmarketing.com. We'll put that in the show notes. 
Uh, Henry, you also mentioned a podcast, and we should have highlighted this earlier maybe, but what is the name <laughs> of your podcast? And we'll put that in the show notes as well. Oh, thanks so much, Nathan, and really appreciate you having me as, as a guest on yours. So the original name of it is slash or was is Wedding Photography Podcast. Uh, that's been for several years, just about a month or so ago, I rebranded to just my own personal name. So you just look up Henry Chen. It's called the Henry Chen Show. I couldn't think of, a, I guess, a, another name because I did want to talk about a little bit of everything on the podcast, but that will be the podcast. And hopefully in the next few episodes, you might hear a familiar voice on that show. <laughs> so, yeah, that I'm will looking be forward podcast. to it. Perfect. We'll, we'll put that in the show notes as well. I mentioned Avita's Weddings earlier.com is Henry's photography website. Uh, it's the same thing on Instagram. We'll also link to that in the show notes. Anywhere else that, that our listeners should follow you online, Henry, to see what you're up to? Uh, yeah. So the main one now going forward is uh, the wedding chat marketing. So uh, weddingchatmarketing.com. And over on, uh, not to give too many call to actions or links to our listeners, but if you're on YouTube, I do have some free videos about chat marketing. And uh, if it matters, I just focus on the wedding industry. So everything from the podcast and the videos and all, all specific to uh, wedding photographers, but also wedding professionals and you know even educators. But just look up success in wedding photography on YouTube and you'll find a few videos over there as well. Awesome. And we'll definitely link to that in the show notes as well. This has been a really wonderful conversation, Henry. Uh, massive value add to our listeners, which is always my number one goal. And, and frankly, I'm excited about this. We're going to have to chat more off air because uh, I think we might have to look into how to use, use this in our companies as well. But thank you so much for sharing with the Boca Podcast community, making time for us today. Oh, it's my absolute pleasure and honor. Thanks again so much, Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to the Boca Podcast. Will you let us know what you thought by leaving a review of the podcast in the Apple Podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast and suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca Podcast is brought to you by Milu, the simplest way for photographers and coordinators to collaborate on shot lists and timelines for weddings, parties, and other amazing events. Visit Milu. M-I-I-L-U dot com. This podcast is also brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the professional photographer. Visit photographersedit.com.